the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Good morning. And uh, is it a happy Monday? I know Billy hates Mondays. And with good reason. I can't blame him for not being all on board with Mondays. You want the weekend to continue. It gets tiresome. All of those things. But hey. You got to do what you got to do every week, don't you? Good to be with you. Again, Jimmy in for George. Looks like 48 degrees will be the high today. Maybe we'll touch in to the 50s, but tomorrow is when we're expected to have a high of 56. Hopefully that will finally melt the snow and ice that has been unusually persistent over the course of the past, what, 10 days or so. I mean, we're not used to... This snow and ice staying for so long. But alas, here we are. So yesterday, for the very first time, not just as president of the United States, but in the history of Joe Biden, the politician, which has been since he was in his, I think it was 29, when he was elected to the United States Senate, and now he's pushing 80, right? I mean, it's staggering to think how he's never been as vice president, as president, as a U.S. senator to the southern border. And yet, what did he really gain from that trip? What was the objective? What will come of that, especially given that it really seemed to be more like a photo op? Take a listen to this reporter commenting on the president's visit on Texas station ABC7. Uh, but it doesn't get to the heart of the issue. And, and quite frankly, the, the processing that happens at the Bridge of the Americas is commercial traffic. There, there are not uh, facilities there to process individuals. And so, you know, maybe the tone of this will change uh, when he goes to the county facility. But, but so far, I mean, this is, this is very much a dog and pony show. Yeah, maybe- very much a dog and pony show. And look, they were clearing things out so it would be a little bit better optically for the president. Of course, this area... Uh, it was had a lot of police presence. We've been reporting in the past couple of weeks of police coming here. Uh, they've been arresting people for maybe paraphernalia. They had uh, access to, to marijuana, those types of arrests. We spoke to one woman. We asked her, have people been cleaning this area in preparation for President Biden's visit? One woman did tell us that, yes, the city, she has seen city officials or city employees out here cleaning the area in preparation to President Biden's visit. So they were doing a lot there and trying to make it look better optically. And one more thing before we get to our guest, syndicated columnist Ruben Navarrete, and that would be the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, who, look, he's facing some criticism from the left for reported purportedly going too far in terms of hammering home him and Biden 
uh, hammering home greater border security. At least that's what's being said. And on Title 42, well, they have tried to end using it, but are putting it on the courts. George, we've tried to end the use of Title 42. We sought to end it, and we were prevented from doing so by a district court in Louisiana. So we cannot use our ordinary immigration authorities to the fullest extent we've tried to. And so under the court's order, we are continuing to apply Title 42 until the Supreme Court's ruling. So what's going on here? What do we make of this visit? And is Joe Biden a complete liar on immigration and in a way you might not think? Ruben Navarrete is a syndicated columnist and a columnist for the Daily Beast, where he wrote a piece over the weekend entitled Joe Biden is a Complete Liar on Immigration. And he joins me now. Good morning, Ruben. Happy New Year, my friend. Jimmy, good to be with you again. Happy New Year. It's always great to have you. So, all right, just big picture. What's your takeaway from Biden's visit yesterday to the southern border first in his entire career? You know, I've been going on Jimmy uh, Jimmy's show for about 10 years now, right? Uh, you and I have talked a long, long time, many, many times. I've been consistent in my my theme here that when it comes to immigration, uh, Democrats are fundamentally dishonest. And when it comes to immigration, Republicans are just dumb. And they're dumb because they don't point out how dishonest the Democrats are, right? <laughs> in fact, by portraying Biden as an open border Democrat because it's convenient for fundraising, they gloss over the fact that uh, Biden lied about what he was going to do on the border. Even when you heard the clip now from Mayorkas, from Secretary Mayorkas, that's a complete lie and fabrication. He says, we tried to end Title 42. The courts wouldn't let us. Nonsense. They kept Title 42 in place for two years after uh, promising to end it during the campaign, uh, Biden did. And then at the end of the two years, a court said, you need to end it. So that's a little, you know, that's a little less than a half truth, right? That's only a quarter truth. They never kept, they, they always wanted it in place. It was convenient for them. They had a habit of criticizing all these Trump policies. And then when they got into office, they kept them all one after another. The border wall, Title 42, remain in Mexico. Donald Trump never looked so good. He never looked so good to Joe Biden until Joe Biden was sworn in as president and realized he had a border crisis. He copied and Xeroxed all the Trump policies. So, so the Mayorkas clip you just pay, played was a great example of a Democrat lying, lying, and the Republicans are too dumb to take advantage of that because they'd rather get the political points of painting this bunch as a bunch of open border folks. When if you look at what happened last week, Jimmy, it's a complete and total immigrant crackdown, a crackdown on refugees and immigrants from four countries. Well, let's be clear, though, about something, Ruben. We have never yeah. had this level of influx as we've had in the last two years under Joe Biden. Maybe he's doing harsher policies over the last couple of weeks, but we got into a crisis point that we didn't have under Donald Trump, and that is unprecedented uh, in in this century. And it is staggering the number of encounters right. we're having and the number of people right. who are and getting through border security. So yeah. so how are Republicans wrong to, at least up to this point, be saying, well, R- Biden has really been operating in a way that hasn't secured the border and is far too open down there? Absolutely. Good question. Here's how they're wrong, because they the, the, the narrative they shape is basically the world is coming apart all over the place. You have earthquakes and assassinations in Haiti. You have a Russian invasion of Ukraine. You have uh, natural disasters. You have gangs in South America, South America and Central America. Venezuela is coming apart. All of that, they say, is Joe Biden's fault because all of that is Joe Biden's fault. All of that pushed these people to the southern border. The narrative 
on Fox News and on conservative talk radio where you have some really profoundly stupid people, a lot of white men hosting talk shows on Fox News who do not understand immigration, and, and them saying ultimately that everything that's coming across the border is Biden's fault. No, when Russia invaded Ukraine, guess what? Both Ukrainians and Russians showed up in Tijuana to try to get into the United States. They didn't show up, show up because Biden said, come on in, and they didn't show up because of Title 42. What, what Republicans need to understand is this. It's a complicated world. There's lots of chaos in the world. We are a beacon of hope for the world. Biden didn't create that. Okay? So, so Biden did not create the problem. Now, he has not done much to solve the problem. You could argue he made the problem worse. But I think Republicans oversell it. So here's the thing. Of course, Biden's not responsible for the natural disasters and the various chaos that's going on in governments in Latin America and so forth. Although I'd be curious uh, how many you ha- people you have from Russia or from Ukraine that are coming in through the southern border. I would suspect that it's a significantly smaller percentage of the illegal immigrants crossing the border than those coming from Latin American countries. But even yeah, though, even, but hold on, Ruben, even though. Joe Biden is not responsible for those various things that are causing them to say, "Okay, we need to leave. That is not the same as saying he's blameless in terms of not securing the border, not providing the real disincentives for people to make that trek. And when you go to the uh, the southern border and have these interviews where people from news outlets and elsewhere are doing interviews, members of Congress talking with people who are coming across the border, what they are anticipating is that they're able to stay. The United States is not only the beacon of freedom and opportunity that they can come for, but they're going to have the chance to come and to stay under Joe Biden. The word has been out and they are coming in record numbers and then they're not being stopped dramatically at the southern border, which, by the way, not only could Biden be handling the security situation down at the border much more, but he could and should be working with Mexico to get them to stop the influx as greatly as possible from down at the southern border. Instead, Mexico doesn't want to deal with them, so they let them go right on through and then they end up crossing the border into the United States, and then we have to address hundreds of thousands of people coming to this country illegally, millions, in fact. Yeah, so you give me three different things at least to to deal with there. Let me quickly say that's the first point about Biden. Um, Ultimately, he was overwhelmed, is overwhelmed by this problem. Uh, I think Donald Trump was overwhelmed by this problem. Donald Trump's solution was to say, this is not my problem. Let's use Mexico as a waiting room. Let's have the remain in Mexico policy where people have to wait in Mexico. Where I fault Biden is that he ran against the Remain in Mexico policy, said, if you vote for me, I'll end it. And then he kept it. Not only did he keep it, he expanded it. He tried to do away with it. And then the, the court, a court came forward and said, no, you, you, have to, uh, you have to keep it in place. And Biden then did something that nobody saw. It was kind of underhanded. He took the Haitians and he put them into the Remain in Mexico policy. So he sent the Haitians back to Mexico. What, I'm, what I've been saying, what I've been writing for many years is that Joe Biden and Barack, before him, Barack Obama, are phonies on immigration. They try to have it both ways. They pretend to be both tough and compassionate. When you talk about border security, we spend over $60 billion a year on the Department of Homeland Security. We spend about $15 billion of that on the border with uh, CP, uh, CPD. We have, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Border Protection, uh, Customs and Border Protection. You have um, uh, an enormous amount of apparatus there. You have all these apprehensions. The Border Patrol wants us to know two things at the same time. They say we're being overrun at the border, but we all have also have record numbers of apprehensions. 
When they say we have record numbers of apprehensions, I believe them. And I think that's that's inconsistent with saying we have an open border. If we had an open border, we wouldn't have Border Patrol people making well, apprehensions. Well, wait, 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 wait. Ruben, and lastly, Ruben, one, last, okay. one, last, one last point. You mentioned Mexico, okay? Uh, it is not Mexico's job to stop us from hiring people, from bringing people, from welcoming people. Mexico has said repeatedly, we're not Cuba. It is not our job to stop people from coming. Uh, they have been much more complicit, both with Trump and now with Biden. They've, been, they've basically said there will be a waiting room. They agreed last week, Mexico, to take in 30,000 immigrants a month from four countries, Nicaragua, Cuba, uh, Haiti, and Venezuela. Those people are going to be housed in Mexico. So Mexico has been very compliant, very accommodating to the United States. But it's not Mexico's job, ultimately, to stop people from coming to the U.S. And it's not our, uh, them to correct the fact that we've been dependent on immigrant labor for so long. When people come to the border, Jimmy, they say they, they do. They are interviewed and they say, I'm going to Chicago to stay with my cousin. My plan is to go to Phoenix. My plan is to go to Denver. Well, guess what? The reason he has a relative to go visit in Denver is because people in Denver have been using illegal immigrant labor for a long time. So this this bill finally came due. So there is a lot of truth to that in terms of the um, businesses that have been welcoming in Denver and other places, illegal immigrants for a variety of different industries and, and so forth, for sure. But you don't really have all the Venezuelans here in this, uh, like the Venezuelans that have been coming to Denver, and we have had many hundreds now that have been coming to or through Denver. They don't have much family here in Colorado. It's a big they're they're Again, coming it's here a for big other reasons. Country, but, right? but, but to the point about apprehension, one couple, but Colorado to a couple Colorado of points, apprehensions. You made yeah. again. We're talking with syndicated columnist Ruben Everetti. You made a point about apprehensions at record at the border. Well, I mean, if yeah. you have record numbers of people crossing, of course that means you are going to have more apprehensions. But clearly, there are so many more that are coming through with all these cities, including Denver, that have so many illegal immigrants that are coming that means there are a lot that are getting through and not just being apprehended at the border because there is such of an influx on that point i think that's more demonstration that you do have a serious crisis down at the border but then also you talk about mexico as having uh, no sort of responsibility hell yes they do the united states of america isn't supposed to simply bear the burden of the illegal immigrants that are coming through and and yes to some extent mexico has been doing some things uh, to address it but not enough, and not enough is uh, is a reasonable thing for the United States government to say when they have to go through Mexico and take that trepidous journey through the country in order to get to our southern border. What is wrong with the United States saying we need to secure our border and Mexico, we need you to be a partner in this? Absolutely nothing's wrong with that. In fact, for 30 years, I visited down at the border, spoke to Border Patrol agents, spoke to supervisors. When I talk to Border Patrol supervisors, the people in charge, they always tell me the same thing. They're offended by this idea that there's an open border. They, they go to work every morning as cops. I come from a law enforcement family. My dad was on the job for 37 years. No cop likes to be told, man, you're just sitting there drinking coffee, eating donuts. You're not really doing anything to control the border. So they're offended by the idea that there's open border. They, they apprehend people every single day. Uh, they have all sorts of equipment and drones and the like to stop. The, the other thing, though, that they say is they need more electronic surveillance equipment. You know, instead of spending $25 billion on a wall, how about they say give us 5 or $10 billion for more surveillance equipment, more high-tech war. It's a high-tech war, they say. They say they need roads to be able to get to people uh, and apprehend them. They say they need underground uh, detection equipment for tunnels. Mm -hmm. I'm all about giving cops what they need. I'm not about letting politicians tell cops what they need. 
So I'm all for border security. Do a Google search. You'll see that this son of a cop has been in favor of better, smarter border security for 30 years. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to sign off this nonsense I hear on Fox News from idiots who talk about an open border uh, when you can't very well have an open border when you have the border patrol there working 24-7 to apprehend people. So we've created this problem. The bills come due. Mm-hmm. Venezuelans have been coming to the United States outside of Colorado for a long, long time. And now everybody wants to come up and reunite with their cousin. And we just want to turn a blind eye to this. Sometimes I feel, Jimmy, like I'm the only Republican in the room, and I'm not even a Republican. But Republicans talk about taking responsibility. You can't for their say action. that they're just coming to reunite with their cousins. <laughs> you haven't had that level of an influx into the country from Venezuela before. What we hear from the border, and when we hear from interviews on television and in print, when you read it, they ask people, what are your plans when you arrive in the United States from wherever you're coming from, right? These places. And they all tend to say, I have a plan to go. In fact, you need to have a plan, right? The new Biden provision that was implemented last week says you have to have a U.S. sponsor and be vetted, right? So they all say, I'm going to go live with my aunt here or my cousin here or so-and-so here. What I'm saying is we have for, for third, well, a lot of them do for 30 years, Mm -hmm. we have been admitting people because it's been benefiting our businesses. It grew our city. When they were coming from from Mexico in particular, that's where they were being reunited with family members. Not quite as much when you're talking about Central or Latin American countries. Oh, no, you got to get out more. It's a big country. There's Central Americans who live in Washington, D.C. and in Virginia. It's a big country beyond Colorado, and there's there, there are immigrants from Latin America all over the country. It's true, but it's not to the same level as when we used to have predominantly Mexicans that were coming illegally across the southern border. But I do want to ask you one one more question. Sure. We got a few minutes left. Um, yeah, you bet. What is wrong with, or is there anything wrong with having people who want to seek asylum? in this country, apply for asylum in their own country, and in turn also provide a distant center for them to make a very difficult, yes. dangerous journey, often involving drug cartels, d- to come into the United States well, illegally. Yeah, and here's, then where the law and order, here's where I play the law and order card. You know, I'm all for law and order. I heard the Republicans were all the law and order party. U.S. law and international law both say that if you show up at the door and apply for asylum on the spot, that that's allowed, that's permissible. In fact, that's legal and lawful. Okay? The, when we say otherwise, that's, that's unlawful. So I'm all for them applying at home, but if they show up at the border, if the Ukrainians did not apply at home, because I guess it would be a little difficult to apply in Ukraine right about now. I don't think the, the, the embassy is open, right? So if they come directly to the door, the best traditions of this country is we at least give them a hearing. I'm not saying we let everybody in, but at least give them a lousy hearing. If they came all the way from Ukraine or Russia, they deserve a hearing, and, and or certainly from Haiti as well. And that's what Biden is not giving them. But Biden, you'd love what Biden did last week because, in fact, he said you have to apply in your home country or in the next country you, you get to. So, yeah, welcome to Joe Biden, the immigration restrictionist. You're going to love him. Well, so well, why isn't it? justifiable when we have so many people coming the system for determining these asylum claims etc is becoming overwhelmed uh, we already have our let alone our court system that is so backlogged because of covid then you go into the immigration system why is it so wrong to make it so that we can deport people right at the port of entry who have not applied for asylum beforehand when we have such an influx and so many of these claims are not do not fall under the asylum provisions for the u.s government their qualification yeah yeah those determinations quote determinations little d are being made by border patrol agents who aren't trained they're not lawyers or judges but they're saying "Uh uh-huh you know what i don't think you really qualify for asylum uh, all I want is them to be given a hearing. You just what's what you said. What's wrong with that? God, I think it's wrong morally, legally, 
ethically and sins against the Statue of Liberty. I mean, if people come from Ukraine or someplace and they come to the United States, I shouldn't fault them for the fact that they didn't go to the embassy. There's no more embassy. It's been leveled in Ukraine, in Haiti, in Venezuela. We have this turmoil. We see it on the news, right? I mean, ultimately, are we faulting these people? Because down in Venezuela or these places, it doesn't look like downtown Denver or downtown Phoenix or downtown Los Angeles where it's nice and orderly. It's unrealistic to think that they would be able to apply for asylum in these home countries. We just have to grow up about this. I don't want them to necessarily get a free pass into the U.S., but they are allowed and they are entitled to a hearing. And only one out of four hearings is successful anyway. But Biden has taken that away from him. And now he wants to go forward maybe next month to a Latino group in Denver and say, hey, say, I'll Espanol, vote for me. I love Latinos. I love immigrants. It's all BS. Okay. And somebody's got to call BS on that. And that's my job. And that's what I do. I just wish the conservatives on talk radio and Fox News joined me in that. Uh, two final questions for you. One specific from a listener and then broad, uh, uh, just a broad one. Uh, listener texting in, and I think especially with the cartel situation in mind, please ask Ruben if he believes that illegals are being coached to say they have relatives here, even if they don't. So to what extent is it they actually have relatives here if they're saying it versus they might not, but that's something that they're being coached to say, Ruben? I think they're being coached to say it. I think we can verify it. I think we ought not take their word for it. But if they show up in many cases with somebody's name on a piece, uh, somebody's name and number on a piece of paper, they can call the number to find out if there's really an ant there. But the point is, yes, of course they're being coached to, to come in. But we can't make those determinations unilaterally on our own because we're sitting as Fox News listeners or, mm. or viewers at home saying, I don't think, you know what, I just saw that guy on TV. He doesn't look like he's really merits asylum. That's not how things work, folks. Get him before an immigration judge and let a real determination be made. The whole system is rigged against refugees. I said all along, only 25 percent of these claims are ever successful. Is that what we're afraid of? Well, so Joe Biden doesn't want to even Joe Biden's not happy with three fourths of the pie. He wants the whole pie. Syndicated columnist Ruben Everetti, what do you make overall of Biden's trip to the southern border yesterday? Because it really does seem like it was just a dog and pony show. You weren't even seeing what the situation really looks like on the ground right. in terms of what was being shown. And not only that, but Representative Tony Gonzalez, a Republican who represents 2,000 miles on the southern border, including a huge chunk of El Paso, he was not invited to join Biden. He had been previously told, oh, I wouldn't. In fact, take a listen to this. I'm very disappointed in the administration. You know, seven months ago, I hosted the president in Uvalde and I asked him to visit on the border. He looked me in the eye and he said, Tony, yes. Seven months later, when I try to be part of uh, this uh, El Paso uh, visit, which I represent El Paso, I represent 50, uh, nearly 50 percent of the southern border. The White House told me I wasn't I wasn't able to be part of it. Why? What does that mean? That means that means that Democrats are using this as a polit they think this is a political challenge not a policy challenge. Clearly, you know, you see these images a couple of weeks ago of hundreds of people in a cell. That's not a political challenge. That is a policy challenge. Why? Why did they tell you you can't come? What did they say? I don't know. That's the frustrating part. With that in mind and the optics in mind, what do you make of Biden's trip? And was it serious? Was it for real? Yeah, I'm not terribly troubled by the fact that the Republican congressman wasn't invited. I would have invited him. Had I been Biden, I would have been invited. Uh, him. He also invited, however, Biden invited Veronica Escobar. Veronica Escobar is a Democrat who represents El Paso as well. I think bipartisan delegations like this are always the right way to go. But, you know, clearly Biden and the White House are sensitive to the fact that the Republicans keep making hay out of this. They keep talking about, you know, an open Rightly border. So. He created the crisis. Yeah. So you can't, you know, bash the president like that 
and then no, expect the I, president I, I to mean, the Republicans the are rightly so in making hay out of this, I think. Yeah, but if you flip that over, if you think about a Republican like George W. Bush who's been criticized by Democrats and then Democrats saying, why wasn't I invited to be on the plane? I would be backing Bush. Okay, But in any case, uh, what I make about the trip, I hammered uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, a couple of years ago when she went down to Central America by flying over the border. Clearly, Jimmy, the optics were bad because Joe Biden has to go to Mexico City this week. He's going there for a summit to meet with the prime minister of Canada and the Mexican president. The idea somehow that he could fly over the border, not stop at the border, we would have crucified him for that, me included, right? I'd have been leading the, leading the parade. So he had to make this pit stop temporarily in El Paso. It was a complete disaster. The people in El Paso, by the way, Democrats, you don't even need a Republican in the delegation. All the Democrats that I've read were criticizing Biden, criticizing Biden for not staying longer and for making it into a photo op. So they need to read more. Any, your listeners, read more, Google more. You will see that most of the criticism of Biden's photo op was coming from, wait for it, Democrats. Ruben Navarrete, syndicated columnist. Always fun to have you on, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us today, as always. So, so good. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Take care. Thank you. You as well. Once again, syndicated columnist, Daily Beast columnist, Ruben Navarrete joining us. What are your thoughts? We'll get to text. And if you want to call in, 303-696-1971 is the telephone number. We'll continue on the other side. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler, News Talk 710 KNUS. Live in the Rocky Mountain Way here in the beautiful Centennial Centennial State. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler. News Talk 710-KNUS. Great to be with you today. 48 degrees due to be the high. And it's now, oh, what, 25 minutes before the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Good to be with you. Interesting conversation with syndicated columnist Ruben Navarrete. What are your thoughts? 303-696-1971, our telephone number. Richard texting in, bravo, Jimmy. You are 1,000% correct, sir. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to not just be 100%, but 1,000%. These phony asylum claims have to be filed in the person's home country, um, that Mexico would let them uh, trip 3,000 miles across the country on Soros-funded buses is absurd. So, look, coming into the country and then crossing, it's actually the Catholic Church or Catholic-affiliated organizations that are doing most of the transportation. And coming through the southern border there's or across Latin America, I would disagree. There's not evidence that I have seen that Soros is behind it. This is a matter of the cartels and a lot of money that they're able to make in addition to the genuine humanitarian desire to get out of their home countries. But neither here nor there. Richard suggests this is why I maintain that we are at war with Mexico. There is an invasion happening on our southern border, and Joey is 100% in favor of it. Well, I would submit, Richard, that the invasion in our southern border, yes, we are absolutely facing invasion-level proportions in terms of the influx that's coming. And people, we don't know who they are, what their motivations are, who they're affiliated with, so on and so forth. But... I do have to say 
that this isn't just this isn't Mexico's responsibility solely. Is Mexico responsible to an extent? Sure, because look at the number of people who are getting through their country and coming all the way through and to the U.S. southern border. Certainly, Mexico is far from blameless. I argued this point with Ruben. But it is not a problem of Mexicans coming into the United States so much anymore. It is far more, and that's not to say that there aren't Mexicans coming illegally across the southern border, but it is far more people from Venezuela, Honduras, Nicaragua, even Haiti, coming through the U.S. southern border now. That's where they're coming. And uh, coming from. And so you can't simply say, oh, this is just Mexico's fault. Mexico has some blame. They need to work with us. They need to work with us more. They need to secure their border more and more. But that is not the same as it being simply about Mexico being culpable for this. I entirely. I think there's a little bit more uh, nuance to that question. It is utterly naive, another listener texts in, to think that the phone number in person would be legit rather than somebody else who worked for the cartel answering and claiming to be the person's relative. Phone number and person, excuse me, is what he was saying. That is, at the southern border, you give a phone number, you give a person, you say, hey, Jorge Gonzalez is my cousin or is my brother. And I'm coming to stay with him. Yeah. I mean, how do you know that that's true? How can you check that out? I guess that's the point that Ruben was making of the asylum process. You have a process to determine and adjudicate these claims and decide whether or not somebody should be removed as opposed to just being arbitrary by Border Patrol agents making that determination. But is that? Sufficient enough? Is that, do do we need to just, anybody who comes at the border and just claims, I seek asylum, whether they are from Mexico, Honduras, Venezuela, Cuba, Ukraine, wherever, and they just say, I seek asylum, does that instantly mean that we have to trigger the whole process and hold them and go through and adjudicate that claim and everything? I don't see how that's tenable. And so you do see the Biden administration doing a little bit better in some respects, not nearly good enough. I'm not giving them credit. They are two years too late to do some of these tougher things, but they are pushing ahead with the we're going to send you back or send you to Mexico more quickly when we get you and apprehend you at the southern border. So there's at least a little bit of that going on more. And I think that that is entirely appropriate. What do you think? 303-696-1971. Listener text, what prohibits us from stopping all immigration and letting our courts catch up? Because there's not a problem with legal immigration. There's just not. There's no reason that the flow of illegal immigrants at the southern border should have or should be any impediment to illegal immigrant or to rather legal immigrants coming to the United States requesting green cards etc that's not a legal question that's not something for the courts to be handling that's a matter of the state department 
And we don't have that kind of a uh, of a crisis there. And in fact, it would probably exacerbate illegal immigration because more people wouldn't be able to come here legally and they would make the dangerous journey to go across illegally. What do you make of it? What did you make of Ruben Navarrete's comments? 303-696-1971. I've been wanting to get to this clip of Texas Governor Greg Abbott ripping on Biden. He met him at the tarmac. He wasn't even notified in advance of the specific details here. Take a listen to what Abbott had to say. During this entire time, Joe Biden has not called me. He did not call me, uh, nor his staff uh, called and uh, let us know either about his visit or to invite us uh, until uh, last night. Uh, we got a random email to uh, one of my staff members uh, asking if I would be there to meet him on the tarmac. Uh, and so they have failed to communicate. And listen, uh, this visit uh, is about uh, two years too late and about $20 billion short of what needs to be done. All he's going to do down there uh, is rearrange uh, the, the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. He's not going to achieve any solutions uh, that will make uh, the border safer, more secure, and stop illegal immigration. Two years and $20 billion short. And and let's be clear, too, that governors in Arizona and Texas, like Abbott and other border states, have had to take matters into their own hands as far as border security. So, yeah, absolutely. Biden is two years too late. In fact, he's decades too late because he's never visited the southern border before. My goodness, we do have a crisis at the southern border and he suddenly shows up and it's a photo op. Text coming in. Interesting how the Border Patrol was able to stop immigrants coming in yesterday during President Biden's visit. Let's do that every day. Yeah. Isn't that something? They were able to make it look like there wasn't much of a problem down there for Biden's photo op. To quote Biden himself, come on, man. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. Our telephone number, 303-696-1971. Is Biden actually tougher on the southern border while pretending not to be, as Ruben Navarrete has suggested? What are your thoughts? We'll get to more text coming up, as well as your calls. If you want to join us, 303-696-1971. Jimmy in for George. News Talk 710 KNUS. Hour number two is wrapping up and winding down. Two more yet to go, though. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler on this Monday, the 9th of January. And it is that time on a Monday morning where we check in with our friends at Alpine Planning Group. Amy Duncan joining us this morning. Good morning, Amy. How are you? And Happy New Year. Well, back at you, Jimmy. Happy New Year is right, bud. Yeah. Hope you had a great holiday. You know, the uh, New Year and Christmas, it was all absolutely great. Uh, How was yours? And even more importantly, how are the markets looking so far this week? Yep, yep. I'll I'll, uh, defer to the second question to get the train rolling here for you. But so far, we're off to a good start. Uh, This is coming off big rallies. From, uh, or a big rally from Friday where the Dow finished up over 700 points. All three U.S. indices finished up over 2%. Uh, 
on Friday, and uh, it looks like Monday morning here we're trying to build on that rally. So right now we've got the Dow up about 160. Uh, the S&P is also positive, up almost 1%, up about 29 points, and the NASDAQ positive as well, up 140. Uh, so all three U.S. indices are positive for the first trading week of the year, but by a slim margin. I think investors are really looking for that soft landing, as we call it, from the Federal Reserve uh, until we have their meeting announcements, uh, I believe, on January 31st. Later this week, of course, Jimmy, uh, corporate earnings season kicks off. So the fourth quarter uh, reports from corporate America will be coming in. Those start Thursday and Friday of this week. Uh, J.P. Morgan and the big financials will be kicking things off on Friday. And uh, I think it's worthwhile to bring this up as well from a planning perspective, right? Not just market numbers, but from a planning perspective, um, the Secure 2.0 Act. This uh, was passed last week, excuse me, right before Christmas, actually. But a lot of the, um, you know, true updates have just been hitting the wires. Uh, Secure, the Secure Act originally was passed in 2020 by President Trump. This is now Secure 2.0. And a couple of big deals here. Uh, the first is the required minimum distribution age. This, of course, is the uh, IRS mandate where one needs to begin pulling money from pre-tax IRA and 401k accounts. And that required minimum distribution age effective in 2023 has been raised to age 73. Uh, it was 72 uh, prior to this new Secure, Secure 2.0 Act. The other big deal is that those who miss an RMD, the penalty used to be 50%. Now it has been reduced to 25%. So um, the last point is the Secure point. 2.0 Act. Boy, oh boy, Jimmy, I'm really having a hard time saying that. It's a tongue uh, twister. Eventually increases, yeah, it is. Eventually increases the required minimum distribution age to 75 beginning in year 2033. So for all of those uh, clients and investors out there that are forced to pull money from their IRAs, this is certainly notable information. Um, how to plan that and what to do with your RMDs is a whole nother conversation for another day. But as always, if anyone wants to talk through their concerns or has some planning questions, give us a call and we'll see what we can do to help. Absolutely. Alpine Planning Group is a comprehensive financial planning firm committed to improving your long-term financial success. Investing is a matter of trust and they are prepared to earn yours. Call them today at 303-843-0918. That's 303-843-0918. Thanks so much, Amy. Have a great day. You too, Jimmy. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC and registered investment advisor. Alpine Planning Group and Woodbury Financial Services, Inc. are not affiliated entities. 14 West Dry Creek Circle, Littleton, Colorado, 80120. Once again, Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler today. News Talk 710 KNUS, Denver's local talk leader. You know, when we talk about this southern border crisis. And make no mistake, even though Alejandro Mayorkas and President Biden cannot acknowledge, will not acknowledge that there is a crisis at the southern border, it absolutely is a crisis. And Make no mistake as well that even Democrats do recognize that Biden has been completely flubbing this. Here is Margaret Brennan over on 
CBS Face the Nation, and and by the way, she actually does a really good job overall over at Face the Nation. I think probably the best of the Sunday morning show hosts, especially it being as objective as possible and asking good questions. But here's Margaret Brennan with Democrat Representative Veronica Escobar talking about Biden's lack of focus on the southern border. So we looked at the latest CBS polling. Only 38 percent of Americans um, actually approve of what the president is doing on immigration. 62 percent disapprove. This has consistently been one of his weakest issues. And it was just this last week he gave his very first speech on the border policy for the first time he's going today. And it's taken, what, two years to find some kind of alternative to Title 42. I understand it's going before the Supreme Court, but why is it taking so long to get just this? This challenge that we're facing is so complex. I'm with you. I I would have loved to have seen the administration lean in on immigration from day one. Why didn't they? You know, you'd you'd have to ask them that. You'd have to ask them that. Why they didn't lean in on immigration from day one. And Escobar represents much of El Paso, Texas. So she has reason for frustration. But you listen to that question from Margaret Brennan of CBS News. And clearly they're getting it. They understand the situation on the ground in, and, and how bad it really is. I mean, here's another instance of this. This is last week. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas on CNN being pressed on why there was two a two-year wait before Biden finally visiting the border. The border officials have been consistently telling Rosa Flores, our colleague, they feel abandoned, um, abandoned. by this administration, by the federal government. So why has it taken two years for President Biden to go to the southern border? Poppy, um, uh, we have been dedicating... Uh, our efforts to the situation at the border since day mm-hmm. one. Right. Uh, we are yeah. incredibly mm-hmm. proud of our frontline personnel sure who are tirelessly and selflessly dedicated uh, to the mission. The, the president knows the border very well. He has um, had his secretary of Homeland Security visit multiple times since the very uh, initiation of the administration. And he's going to um, to see the border not for the first time. Um, in his uh, public service career right, uh, this Sunday, that. and I'm looking forward to joining yeah. him there. But as president, to see it firsthand, the net effect. Um, Secretary Mayorkas, thank you very much for your time. Actually, false. He has not been to the southern border before, Joe Biden. Never has been to the southern border. And maybe he meant now in his public career, but that was not true. We're going to take a break. Coming up in the next hour, we will check in with Matt Crane, executive director of the Colorado County Clerks Association, about these 31,000 foreign nationals who were sent postcards saying, hey, register to vote. we got that and more coming up. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.